with a high around about 40 degrees, and it looks like we'll linger around about that low 40 degree mark here for the middle and second part of the work week ahead. Apart from that, though, we have our next slight chance for snow showers coming in here late Tuesday night, possibly mixing with some rainier times here by Wednesday. Thursday, another slight chance for some rain showers in the afternoon hours, but then by Friday, we'll expect to see plenty of blue skies and sunshine to round out the work week. Our forecast this afternoon, a few spotty flurries at times with cloudy sky conditions and temperatures holding steady. Northwest winds between 5 and 10. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low near 21, and winds become rather calm. By Tuesday, partial sunshine develops a high around 40 degrees with south winds at 5 to 10. Wednesday, we'll have a slight chance for rain and snow mixing becoming all rain late, a high around 40. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuchitsky for ESPN-UP. Currently, it's 36. For over a decade, you've been listening to Upper Michigan's premier sports station, ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. And now it's time for the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, brought to you by Don's Auto on ESPN-UP. Here's your host, Tanner Hoop. Broadcasting live from Super One Foods in downtown Marquette, Michigan. We have a very special episode of the Sports Pen today, the ESPN-UP Bracketology Special. My name's Tanner Hoops, and over the next hour, we'll break down the NCAA Tournament Bracket, which was revealed last night. But first, let me introduce the panel directly to my left, Ryan Stieg, beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team, also sports writer for the Mining Journal. Terry Nash, assistant men's basketball coach in Northern Michigan University, and Jake Durant, sports anchor for Local 3 TV in Marquette. Appreciate y'all being here. Yeah, it's great to be here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's my first experience in something like this. Oh, yeah, this is going to be real fun. This, this yeah, I'm is fun excited. last year, too. And we've got play to break down from the brackets revealed from last night. And, yeah, I want to start just by asking you guys, before we break it down region by region, which group was more surprising to you? The number one seeds, the last four teams in, or the first four out? Which group was the biggest surprise to any of you? I guess I was thinking maybe uh, Michigan State as a one, getting a two seed. Yeah. I was expecting them to get the last one. Um just based on their performance and that winning the Big Ten championship game, but they ended up not getting it. Now they got the road to do going on here, so it's it's a tough draw for them. How much do you think that was based on the NCAA wanting to sell tickets, wanting to get teams in the best geographical location where they know they're going to make a good economic impact? I definitely think location is key and placement of teams. Um, you know, you want to put teams who are going to draw crowds in, in the correct spots. Um, you know, that's a strategy that they use, and, and they're going to definitely dive deep into it and, and uh, figure out what makes more sense um, and try to balance things out a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes it's going to hurt a team, maybe like a Michigan State, who obviously finished strong against Michigan. Uh, many could argue that they could be a number one seed, but you want to have Duke on, you know, with that star power on one side. You, you know, Mark Few in, in the Zags, a, a mid-major type of school. Uh, you know, a, a team that people are going to be rooting for uh, as a no, another number one seed. Uh, Virginia, you know, a team that got knocked out um, last season, uh, historic uh, knockout last season. Um, they're going to be a huge story in that group, you know, wanting to come back and prove a point that that last season was was uh, fraudulent. And then you got another blue blood school at, at North Carolina in that other region in the Midwest. Um, and it's going to be interesting um, if North Carolina can move on. Um, you know, an example, uh, you know, if they make it all the way to the Elite Eight, they're going to be playing in Kansas City. Roy Williams used to play in Kansas. You know, he's going to have a, a huge following there. So little things like that um, are going to definitely make a difference with, with where they're placed. Well, I tell you what, I believe that Michigan State is good enough. They should be a one seed. And if they were to come out in the show yesterday when the committee chair was explaining the decisions, if they would have said, yeah, they're good enough, they won the Big Ten, both the regular season and the tournament, but they lost twice to Indiana, they lost to Illinois, teams that didn't make the tournament, if they would have said that, I could have understood why Michigan State got a two seed. But they said the reason that Michigan State was a two seed was because when they won the championship in the Big Ten Conference and how Kentucky finished in their conference title game, that they leapfrog Kentucky. They act like it's a reward to get placed in the same region as Duke. Terry, is that kind of how you feel about it? Um, yeah, I feel like because of the region, especially with Duke and how high-powered they are, that um, it gives you that sense with Michigan State. But I agree. I thought... Um, 
a Big Ten winner should have got that one seed. Um, I understand Gonzaga. They were the one team when Duke was full strength to beat Duke. That's a that's probably their ticket to getting that one seed. But I believe them not finishing well, not winning their conference championship in Michigan State, how they finished beating three, um, Michigan three, not um, once, not twice, but three times. And then in the title game, when the lights were the brightest, I really deserve, I think Michigan State deserved that one seed. I would have liked to have seen it. I really thought they deserved it over a team like Gonzaga. But like you said, they were the only team to beat Duke at full strength. And that's probably why the committee gives them that advantage. And I, I'm hard on Gonzaga every year. I don't mean to be, but their strength of schedule just isn't impressive to me. It's almost uh, the same argument you can make for UCF and football, uh, how they don't get into the top four. But yet Gonzaga can play a schedule like they do and not even win their conference tournament. They lose to St. Mary's and still get a number one seed. I mean, to me, that's my problem with the NCAA tournament, where we're kind of at with all this. Well, <clears throat> Gonzaga also had that reputation of being really overrated. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd get, like, those high seeds, and then they'd get bounced in the second round or get bounced in the Sweet 16, while some people are thinking Final Four. So that's the thing that always makes me question Gonzaga. I mean, last year was the first year, I think, where I actually had confidence <laughs> in Gonzaga, whereas, you know... I don't know. It's just kind of shaky this year. I, I, I don't think they're going that far. I'm not very confident in Gonzaga. I think we're going to see them make, you know, they're going to make a deep run. Obviously, they're one, they're, they are one seed. They play good basketball. You know, they got really talented bigs that can, can pass the ball. They got good guard play. I mean, they have everything you want in a team, but, I mean, it's the curse of Mark Few. You know, he's had great teams in the past, and he's just not been able to get it done. Will we see it this year? I mean... For as as a Michigan fan, I hope not because Michigan's in that in that region as well. But um, I'm not very confident in Gonzaga again this year. Well, I tell you what, since we're on the subject, let's start in that West bracket. Let's break that down a little bit. Gonzaga, of course, the top seed. They're out there with Michigan, who's the number two. Of course, you got Florida State, who's been a good team. Texas Tech, and the way they play defense is going to be tough. I think the most interesting game to watch out of this one, though, is going to be the five seed Marquette and the twelve Murray State. And John Morant, I mean, that kid is the real deal. And Murray State at 27-4 and four has made something special for themselves this year. And I don't know yet if that's a product of their schedule or if they really are that good of a team. But I do know that Morant against Marcus Howard is going to be a ton of fun. And that Matt McMahon, the fourth-year head coach there, isn't going to be the head coach there very long. There's going to be a uh, Power 5 program that's going to snap him up pretty quick. Well, yeah, it makes his job a little easier, especially um, coming with a kid, John Moran. He's he's the real deal, and I'm I'm excited to see him on the big stage. Not having really got the chance to see him play, so we never see him play against a high power like Marquette, who has the talent to score the ball. Especially with Marcus Howard, he's a really good player. That's the matchup of the day. Um, I think whoever wins that game has a great shot at getting to the Sweet 16, and then that's going to be very interesting. Um, when you have a player like one of those two, they can take over in the NCAA tournament. We've seen it time and time again, whether you go back to Shabazz Napier or Kimber Walker, when a team gets hot and they have that special player, they can make a run. Tell you what, Florida State might be the, hey, look what we got. Buffalo wings and barbecue wings. All right, we got wings. By the way, we are live on location at Super One Foods in downtown Marquette, kind enough to host today's UP Bracketology Special. And we got wings. We got a little dipping sauce to go with it. We appreciate Super One Foods. We got dessert coming also. They take good care of us over here. They, you know, we take care of the people, take care of us, and vice versa, and well, we appreciate them uh, putting on this little shindig. Definitely be digging in on, on breaks for sure. Yeah, sure they didn't did. expect this. <laughs> uh, get something to eat on while uh, we break down the bracket. Nevada and Florida, I feel like, could be a really fun one. Game, by the way, in Des Moines, Iowa, which I know is going to sell out. If the NCAA tournament wants to be sold out every year, the NCAA is going to keep it in Des Moines, Iowa. Because I can tell you from my time living back in the Hawkeye State, uh, that is a national holiday. Everybody takes the day off, whether it's a Thursday or a Saturday, and they go down to Des Moines for the NCAA tournament. It'll be no different this year, especially with Sparty and Michigan going to be there. I think Des Moines is actually a really interesting place. I uh, used to live in Iowa, too, and the uh, they really get up for anything that comes in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it would be like a hockey tournament or a basketball tournament, and they get up for football every year. So I think there'll be good crowds, and... Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting regional. There's a lot of mm-hmm. potential for a lot of teams to go far. I mean, some people are high on Gonzaga. Some people are high on Michigan. Um, 
it just it's a question mark. Some regionals are really easy to pick, and some of them are not so much. I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. I'm still filling out my bracket as we speak. But out of this region, I know I'm not going to pick Gonzaga because I just don't think that they're going to get by a team like Michigan, who at the midway point of the year, back at New Year's, I thought they were the best team in the country. I really did. And I still think they can be that team for whatever reason. They faltered here down the stretch. Uh, Texas Tech, a team with their kind of stifling defense, and Jarrett Colbert and the way he's been able to score the basketball this year, I think they'd be a terrible matchup for Gonzaga. I really do. Yeah, even a team like Florida State, similar to Texas Tech, a team that is really athletic, um, plays hard-nosed defense, you know, got guys, you know, a handful of guys that can score um, and take over a game. Um, you know, I see five teams potentially being able to make a run, um, and it's all about who's going to get hot. It's all about momentum. That's a huge, um, you know, factor into how I picked uh, coming into this this show. Um, momentum's huge, and if a team gets hot, like, like Terry said, um, you know, and, and they have... Uh, a special talent or, or an X factor, um, I think that's going to be huge. And um, in the West region, I mean, this was probably the most challenging region just because, like you said, a team like Texas Texas Tech, a team like Florida State, um, Marquette, even Syracuse uh, could, could make a run and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting one. Very interesting. And I just wanted to say one more thing about the lower part of that bracket is I think Michigan needs to really hope Florida wins that first matchup against Nevada just because Nevada plays a positionless style of bas basketball, and stretching the floor and bringing Teske out of the paint is going to really struggle Michigan. And Nevada normally makes you play their style of basketball. So if you got to take Teske out to put a smaller guy in, Hopefully they can overcome that, but it's not a style that Michigan really wants to play. Teske's had a big role in what their success this year. Well, I tell you what, looking ahead to the second round, a potential Gonzaga-Syracuse matchup. Think of the matchup problems you could have in there. Syracuse in their 2-3 zone going against the length of the Zags. I, uh, I have Syracuse beating Gonzaga. Do you? Mm -hmm. mm. I just... I love that zone. It smells good. And Blake uh, yeah, Froling used to hate that zone because that's what stifled Michigan State that one year. Mm. And for some reason, it just flummoxes teams, and it flummoxes good teams. And Beheim kicks it into gear in the NCAA tournament. And what I like about Syracuse is the fact that they're an eight seed, whereas when Syracuse is picked really high, like they're a two seed or a three seed, they tend to stumble. When they're underrated, they tend to make deeper runs because they surprise people. So I'm picking Syracuse to at least make the Sweet 16. See, for me, I feel a little bit differently, and it's uh, to the point I made earlier. I think uh, Gonzaga has skilled bigs um, that are going to re really be able to, uh, you know, catch the ball in the middle of that zone and either turn and score or, you know, pass, a, pass the ball out and find, find the open three-point uh, shooter. So I honestly think that that matchup against Syracuse would favor the Zags a little bit just because they're just known to have skilled guys that can really do it all. And, um, you know, I just think those, those big guys down low are going to be able to handle it, um, especially if they have a little bit of time to prepare for it. Before we go to break, Ryan was reaching for a wing. Are you going to do it for the break? Tell us I'll, how it is. I'll do it. So these are boneless punch. wings. Uh, uh, and come on down to Super One like Foods and pick up some of these barbecue wings. Fantastic stuff. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. try a barbecue one. Ryan's going to tell us how it is, taking the plunge on air. That's good. Good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, come on down to Super One Foods. Pick us some up for yourself. Say hi to us here before the uh, end of the hour, what have you. We'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll transition over to the Midwest region. You're listening to the ESPN-UP Bracketology Special on ESPN-UP. Crystal clear trout streams, pristine forest, and a sky so blue it hurts the eyes. We make our home in the most beautiful part of Michigan. We're Embers Credit Union. We cherish the abundance of lakes, the sound of fresh snow underfoot, waves crashing on the shore, and the crackle of an evening campfire. We also cherish the dreams and aspirations of the people who give the UP its unique character. Embers Credit Union is dedicated to fueling the passions of our members and the communities we serve. We see a world of potential in our neighbors, and we're here to provide personalized guidance, solid financial advice, and solutions to get them to the next level. What's your passion? A new home, a better vehicle, or seeing America in an RV? Together, we'll get there. Straight talk banking that matches your way of life. Let's live it up. Embers Credit Union, offices of Marquette and Nagani, and embers.org. Member NCUA, an equal housing lender. Now back to the Sports Pad. Here's Tanner Hoops. 
Well, welcome back to Super One Foods in Marquette on US 41. Again, stop on down, say hi, or get pick up some wings. I mean, these are good stuff. We've been mm-hmm. chowing down on them here during the break and continuing to fill out our brackets. So we were talking about the West before the segment ended. Let's move over to the Midwest. We take a look at some of the teams over there. you got North Carolina as the one seed, Kentucky. You know, they've been up and down this year, but they're always dangerous. They're the number two. Of course, uh, Houston with a pretty good season. Pretty good season for them. They are the three seed. Kansas, always a perennial power, number four. So it's going to be a good Midwest region as well. This is actually where I have my national champion coming out of because I am going with Carolina this year because they, they're they just the most consistent team out of the powers in March this year. Jake's shaking his head at me, you, man. You stole my pick, man. Well, you okay, I wondered because you were sh- you were nodding your head and then you were shaking it. I mean, it was. It, I thought I might have the only Carolina pick. I know they're number one seed, but I agree. Um, you know, it's hard to go against North Carolina. I think their path is is pretty pretty clear. I mean, if they can just kind of hold on, um, I do have them moving on and facing Houston in the Elite Eight. Um, I think Houston's one of those teams. You know, not not a lot of people really know about about them, but they've been really consistent all year. This Auburn team is kind of scaring me a little bit. Obviously, in the SEC type, uh, championship game, they just caught fire. Everyone was everyone was uh, you know hot shooting threes. So I think that's going to be a good matchup. But um, I think they kind of have a, a nice road if if things go according to plan. I think if they do meet up with Kentucky, um, I think that they're going to win that. And they and they played Duke tough two times. Um, obviously losing by one point. So I think um, I do have uh, obviously Duke going pretty far as well. So I think they're going to they're going to be able to just pull it off. And um, you know Roy Williams can't can't go against them. Would you guys disagree with me if I say that Auburn is going to beat Kansas in the second round and it's not going to be close? I 100% agree. Yeah. I agree, too. I have Auburn losing in the first round. Do you? <laughs> you have Auburn losing in the first round in New Mexico State. Just because New Mexico State, let me find my notes here. Um, I have New Mexico State just because they're a hot team. They play good defense. They won 19 in a row. They won their title game by 32 points. I mean, and just... Auburn, just, I don't feel it, you know. Sometimes you have a team where you're just not thinking so great about them. I know they won the SEC, but I don't know. They're also the dreaded 5-12 matchup, which there's almost always a 5-12 matchup upset every year, so I think that might be the one. I think, you know, I think it's momentum again. I think the way they beat Tennessee in the SEC title game was very, very uh, impressive. And Bruce Pearl, man, wherever he goes, his teams play really well. Um, you know, he's just one of those coaches that uh, players like to play for. He gets the best out of their team. And, again, it's momentum, man. I think that the whole team's playing well as a team, and shooting is huge, and they have a lot of guys that can really knock down the three. Tell you what, uh, this Auburn squad, I really like the way that they shoot from behind the arc to win at this tournament. You have to be good from behind the arc, not just some nights, but they're one of the most consistent three-point shooting teams, and that's why I like them to make a deeper. I don't know that they're going to get by Carolina, but I, I'm still thinking Carolina is just the most consistent team that has a real shot at winning this thing. As much as I want to pick Duke, I'm not even a Duke fan. I, I want to pick Duke, but something inside me is screaming no. Ryan, you brought up a great point that the 5-12 matchup always seems to produce some upsets. You look at the 5-12s this year, is there any that looks like a 5 seed could be in danger? I got Oregon over Wisconsin that's what up I was in the thinking. South. Uh, I mean, that's a terrible draw for the Badgers. Definitely, and Oregon, they've been playing really good basketball, and um, you know, I just think, I just think, like you said, I just don't know if it's a great, a great match, uh, matchup for Wisconsin. Um, but I think that is the only, and I have Liberty uh, topping Mississippi State. I know okay. that's a that's, that's a popular that's yeah. a popular pick. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I figured it's not going to go chalk, obviously. And Liberty is one of those uh, schools that you don't know a lot about, but I know they've been playing good. They've had a good season, and and uh, just, you know, just picking this, I, I, I don't trust Mississippi State really. I. The thing is with the Wisconsin-Oregon game is I think it's going to be very low scoring because both teams are very defensive oriented and I think it can go either way. I'm giving the edge slightly to Wisconsin but that's a that's a toss-up game for me too. Um, I don't know. I'm not really feeling Liberty um, but uh, what was the last 5-12? Oh, um, Auburn. 
Well, Auburn, I picked that one. Hmm. So there you go. <laughs> and I picked Marquette to lose too. Did so. you? Okay. All right. Well, I could I could see that one. That might be the most likely scenario for getting a five. We talked about Marquette Murray State earlier. Right. So right. I forgot right. that was a five twelve. Well, and the Badgers, I just feel like they got a really tough draw in this tournament. I know, uh, you know, someone. Some thought they could get potentially a four seed. The problem with that is that they went one and seven in their eight games against teams in the top quadrant this season. But they get Oregon, who's coming in hot. They won the Pac-12 tournament championship, and they got to play this game out in San Jose. So it's going to be largely a Ducks crowd. Yeah, I mean travel's huge too. You gotta you gotta take that into account if you have to travel across the U.S. as opposed to a team that only has to go a few hours or something like that. I mean that's that's going to be key as well, but. Um, you know, just something about Oregon I like. Like you said, they won their conference tournament. I think they're just a well-rounded team. And they're just another team that if they get things going and they, they carry that momentum, like I said, I keep using that word, but um, I think Wisconsin's going to have trouble. And, and, you know, Wisconsin has shows they haven't been able to, to produce in those high-pressured games. And uh, who knows, that maybe they, we could see a collapse early on for the Badgers. Well, I'm a Wisconsin native. Um, <laughs> I do have them winning the game. I I just go and look. I, I believe the Pac-12 was down this year more than anything, and the Big Ten is arguably still the deepest um, conference in the in the country, and the Badgers still finished fourth with a win at Michigan. I believe um, they will have the best player in the game in Ethan Happ. And if it's slow, that's, that goes plus for the Badgers, I believe. Um, I do um, think Oregon has a lot of um, athleticism, but the Badgers are disciplined, very disciplined team. And if they win that game, I'm looking. That region, in my opinion, is not the toughest region. I do believe that um, um, you have you have teams like who who's really the best team in that region? It could be the two seed, in my opinion. Honestly, Virginia scares me. But Virginia, to me, they scared me last year. Like after last year's debacle of being the first number one seed to lose, I can't really trust them in any big game. Right. They can't really score. So if they're not, if their defense is not a hundred percent at the time at times, they struggle. And that's why when I seen them play against top notch teams, they took they took some L's, but. The defense does win championships sometimes, and I believe that um, Wisconsin still can hang their hat on the defensive end. And if they can get past that first round, I think that's the toughest one because I do have UC Irving going to that next round um, against um, Wisconsin, and that will be the game that can push them to the Sweet 16. Let me ask you guys this one going back to the Midwest Regional because this matchup, I don't know, is being talked about a lot. The 6-11 between Iowa State and Ohio State. And Iowa State's a team that's coming in hot. They just won the Big 12 tournament. They, you know, they're a team that is guard heavy. They can score the ball. And when they want to, they can be one of the best defensive teams in the country. But they took nights off in the Big 12 regular season, and mm-hmm. that's why... They ended up getting a six seed. I thought they were going to get a five, maybe had a chance with a four after winning the Big 12 tournament. They end up getting a six, and they get an Ohio State team that has been up and down. It's been ranked in the top 20 this year. It's looked awful at times. What do you think about that matchup? I think Iowa State's got it. Do you? I I, I think Iowa State's going to win that one. Um, Will it be close? I'm not sure, but... Um, that one actually, I didn't even really even think about that one too hard. I'm just, I mean, it could be a, that I'm a huge Michigan fan as well, and anytime I see Ohio State, I have to go against them. But I, I do, I do think to your points, Tanner, um, the guard play is going to be key in that one, and you know, I just think they have overall the better players and the better team. Better offense, you know. Ohio State, I mean, yeah, this isn't a Big Ten game, but they went eight and twelve in Big Ten play. And if you can't even be that successful in your conference, I don't think that bodes well in the NSA tournament. My wife's a Ohio State fan, so she's probably not gonna be happy with the pick. But I'm gonna throw logic <laughs> back at her, so we'll go that route. Tanner Hoops here at Super One Foods on US 41 in Marquette. We are live with the ESPN UP Bracketology Special, breaking down the brackets, enjoying some wings courtesy of Super One Foods. I'm joined once again by Jake Durant, Terry Nash, and Ryan Stieg as we break down the bracket for you here in this special edition of the Sports Pen. Uh, looking over toward the South Regional, I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but two of the games that were really tough for me to pick were Villanova and St. Mary's, and then the team that they would face in the winner of that game, which is Purdue and Old Dominion. I shouldn't want to pick against Purdue. I shouldn't. 
But something tells me that when it comes to a big game, they're going to struggle, kind of like what we were talking about with Virginia earlier. And Old Dominion is one of those teams that can just be a snare to somebody. They can cause an upset. On the other side, I really think it could go either way. You have Villanova, who's not the dominant power they were last season, and they get a St. Mary's team that just knocked off Gonzaga and won their conference title. I've seen St. Mary's pulling an upset on Villanova, and there's the potential for them to get into the Sweet 16. I, I have Purdue going to the Sweet 16. Um, I just like Edwards and his play, and mm-hmm. I, just, I think they got the edge there. I mean, St. Mary's could very as a distinct possibility of getting there. I just feel Purdue right now. I'm um, right with them. St. Saint Mary's, I actually have beaten Purdue to get into the Sweet 16. Um I'm picking Purdue in the first round solely off my faith in Carson Edwards. He's a player that can change the game, and if he gets hot, he can um, he can lead a team to a victory. I got him winning one game, but I I believe St. Mary's if they're rolling, they're a team that you can you got to watch out for. You see, I think uh, when you talk about the postseason and NCAA tournament, I think coaching can really separate you. I think that's the best coaches, you know, kind of turn it up a notch. I think Jay Wright's one of the best to do it. Um, so it's really hard, you know, obviously Villanova's been making making runs and winning championships under him, um, and I think they're just going to turn it on, uh, you know. And I, I think, now tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that game is going to be held in Connecticut or on the East Coast somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Mary's is going to have to go across the U.S. It's not going to be a, as long as the of a trip for Villanova, um, and like I said, I just I just have faith in Jay Wright and that guard play, and and, and just the culture they have there at Villanova. I think um, they're gonna they're gonna top St. Mary's, and then uh, I got Purdue winning against Old Dominion. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Purdue. Obviously, they they were disappointing in the Big Ten tournament, um, but I do think they have enough uh, with Edwards, like Terry was saying, uh, to get past an Old Dominion team. A couple more games in that region before we take a break. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on Oklahoma was a team I was surprised made the tournament. They do so as a nine seed. I was surprised. I thought they had to win at least one more game in the Big 12 tournament. But Lon Kruger's guys are in. They take on Mississippi. Tell me about that game, that 8-9 matchup. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. For me, this one was just kind of a toss-up. Uh, you know, these 8-9 uh, matchups are obviously pretty close. I think in in tournament history, these eight nine matchups are at 500 exactly. Uh, when you talk about the winners of the game, so um, you know it's kind of hard to to choose. Um, but I chose Old Miss, and honestly, it was just a coin flip for me. Um, you know, I, I think Old Miss is going to win. Uh, I agree. Uh, well, I I agree, and it is a toss up game. But I just went with Oklahoma. Um, I feel like they had spurs in this year where you've seen the potential. Um, obviously, I agree with you when I thought they should have had to win one more game to get in, but it was a toss-up for me. Had no real uh, faith in any team, so I just picked one and I called it one. <laughs> we get cake before get the cake break. Wow. We got cake yeah. and wings. They take good care of us here Some at Super gummy Foods. Gummy bears Looks on Looks like we got a dirt cake here. Uh, <laughs> That's what it's called. I'm going to try okay. to describe it to our viewers. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty big dirt cake. Uh, oh, whipped icing, Oreo chocolate cake. Gummy worms on top. It looks really good. I, sh- I probably should have planned this out better and not have eaten before I came. But, uh, yeah, it looks amazing. Um, one more thing uh, in regard to Oklahoma. I'm giving the edge to them. I like Oklahoma so dependent on hot shooting. If they're shooting well, they do very well. Like I was looking at stats, and they're like 19-0 and 0 when they're really good and they're hot. When they're cold, they tend to lose really badly. So I think if they are shooting well, I think they'll get past Ole Miss. But it's like if they have a cold night, it's not going to bode well because they don't have the sharp enough defense that's going to hold them and propel them if they don't shoot well. One other game in this region that may have the potential for an upset. Terry, you said earlier you're picking UC Irvine to beat number four seed Kansas State. They had a fantastic year in the Big 12. Tell me why you pick Irvine to get that one. Um... It's just something about that team. I like I like their defense. Um, they play really good defense, and then offensively-wise, they can stretch the floor. Um, I just believe that um, if they come out hot and can make shots, which I'm banking on, um, Kent State's going to have a um, tough um, time guarding them. And I lied. I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on one more game of this regional. Out in Columbus, the 7-10 matchup, Cincinnati against Iowa. Hawkeye team that has been 
very much up and down. They've been as inconsistent as anyone could be in basketball this year against a gritty Cincinnati team that's coming off a really nice weekend. And They're always well coached this time of the year. Tell me about that matchup from your guys' perspective. I'm surprised it took you this long to get to the <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want to talk about it. He knows what's going to happen. I got Cincinnati winning that game. All right. Um, I just feel like they're uh, you know, a little bit more high-powered, can get up and down the floor. Um, you know, Cincinnati's known for that grittiness. Uh, you know, the team kind of mirrors, you know, the city. You know, they, they play tough defense. You know, they're scrappy. And um, I just feel like they, they just have, they're just a little bit more tough, I, I guess you could say. I, I like the toughness of the team. And, uh, you know, they've been playing pretty well. So I, I, I'm going to go Cincinnati over Iowa. They get the home court advantage in a way, too, playing that game in Columbus. The thing with Iowa, and I know plenty of Hawkeye fans, I get these complaints plenty. Their best player is Luca Garza, and they don't use him. They underutilize him. Lately, it's been Bohannon's team, which is fine. He's a good enough player. He can be the best player on a lot of teams. But Garza is that difference maker, the X factor, if the Hawkeyes really want to go far. And they haven't been utilizing him. It has been Bohannon's team, and when he's on, they're great. When he's not, they're bad. And it all starts with him. But they're going to need consistent post-play if they want to make a run in this tournament. I have Iowa losing in the first round. Um, I grew up a Hawkeyes fan, but they're just so up and down, and I don't like inconsistent teams. Mm -hmm. And Cincinnati just won their conference tournament. They beat Houston, and they're just playing well. And I'm giving the edge to the team that's playing well over the team that you really don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have a good night or they're going to have a bad night. There's really no in-between with Iowa. We are at Super One Foods on US 41 in Marquette. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig, Terry Nash, and Jake Durant on the ESPN-UP Bracketology Special. We owe you a timeout. We'll look at the other side of the bracket next on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. At Menards, get 11% off everything. Ultradeck Rustic and Fusion Composite Decking have the look of real wood without all the upkeep. It installs with hidden fasteners, and the superior durability means no splintering, cracking, or rotting. The composite material means you'll spend less time maintaining your deck and more time enjoying it. Ultradeck Rustic and Fusion Low Maintenance Composite Decking are available at Menards. Now through March 23rd, get 11% off everything, including Ultradeck, at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Now back to the sports pad. Here's Tanner Hoops. We welcome you back. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg, Jake Durant, and Terry Nash with you on the sports pad. Very special edition of it. The ESPN-UP Bracketology Special, live from Super One Foods in downtown Marquette, located on US 41. So we've been taking a look at the right side of the bracket, the Midwest, the South Regionals, what have you. Let's take a look at the East because we really haven't uh, broken that one down enough. Obviously, Duke is going to be the top seed. They're going to be the favorites until somebody comes along and knocks them off. Other teams in that regional, you've got Michigan State, of course, the number two seed. Uh, LSU is in there with all the turmoil they're going through. And then Virginia Tech, who a lot of people feel like could be one of the most vulnerable four seeds in this tournament. Tell me about your guys' initial thoughts from looking at this East Regional. Well, um, it's no surprise. I got Duke winning it all. Um, I think we're primed for a Duke-North Carolina rematch. Um, I think we're going to get the four-peat. It, um, it's just when Zion's on the court, it's a little different. And, yeah, they won by one point, but winning is still winning. And I think he was the difference in the first two games of them not being able to rebound the ball and defend properly. Um, with that, um, this is the this is the bracket I have, Bel um, Belmont going far, far in. I got them beating Maryland, and I think LSU, with that coaching situation, everything's going on, um, that team is destined like to not go too far. And I think Belmont's position to be the team to knock them off. Um, and then Michigan State and Duker, that's, I think that should be everybody's elite eight. It'll be a great matchup. Battle of the point guards, Cashel Winston, probably the best point guard in the country, in my opinion, for what he does for that team. Um, and Izzo, at first, I wasn't going to have Michigan State going far because they disappointed me in a lot of the previous three. But this is one of the teams where he doesn't have much NBA talent. And I feel like Izzo does best when he doesn't have the NBA talent. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like when he has a bunch of great um, leadership-led um, seniors on the team, he's really good. Cash Winston is a veteran. He got Kenny Goins, who's playing really good right now. The two twin towers down there coming off the bench. 
I just think Michigan State is is poised to get all the way to the Elite Eight. Sadly, they have to run into Duke, but that's how it goes sometimes. Matt McQuaid playing well for Michigan State as well. Um, just a quick overview. I mean, I have Duke coming out of this this region. I agree with Terry. I think it's going to be Duke, North Carolina um, in, in the national title game. Um, a very interesting game coming up, uh, possibly in the round of 32. Um, I have UCF beating VCU. Johnny Dawkins, the head coach there at UCF, uh, obviously a Duke legend. We could possibly see a teacher versus student game there. Um, still think Coach K is going to have the upper hand in that one. Um, I have to disagree with the LSU thing. I, I know they're going through a lot of turmoil. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff happening, obviously, with the head coach being um, suspended and things like that. But I think as a team, as players, I think they're going to come together. I think that might bond them a little bit. I think it will harden them. I think they might use that and try to flip that as as kind of a motivator because now, you, like you said, uh, analysts and things and people are now going to start doubting this team. So that kind of gives them an extra chip on their uh, shoulder. Um, and, I mean, this team is still really talented. You know, they have they have a lot of good players. Um, and, and right now it doesn't matter how they got to the school. It matters what they're doing uh, right now. So I actually think I actually have LSU going uh, to the Sweet 16 and losing to Michigan State. But um, I do, obviously I have Duke, Michigan State, and the Elite Eight. I just, I mean, the mental toughness of this Michigan State team. I mean, I'm a huge Michigan fan. I, I had to watch Michigan uh, go up against the, the Spartans three times this season with the lead at halftime, only to have Michigan State come back. Um, they scored the last 10 points in that in the Big Ten championship game when it kind of felt like Michigan was finally going to get them. And you know the saying in basketball, it's really hard to beat a, a team three times, and they showed that you know they have the mental toughness uh, to do that. And I don't know if they actually for once thought they were ever going to lose that Big Ten championship game, even when it was late in the game and they were down by five points. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be a good one. And, and I agree with Terry. It seems like when Tom Izzo doesn't have those lottery picks, he can he – can, he, he can get get more out of the team, I guess you could say. It was kind of awkward when he, he had those teams, uh, you know, they, they underachieved when he had those lottery pick teams um, just a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, I got Duke coming out of there, and, and this is going to be a good one. Uh, Maryland's a team. You know, they have a lot of size. That That's a team that can make some noise. Um, I guess an upset, you could call it, at Minnesota beating Louisville in that first round. I don't know if that's a huge upset, but... Um, and then you got a team like Virginia Tech who has all the tools that can make a run too, um, you know. So uh, very good. And then you have that Liberty team. I know this is a popular team, but you know that team could can make some noise as well. So um, this is going to be a, this is going to be a good region. I guess when I look at it, I'm, I like UCF a lot. They're going to lose to Duke, obviously, but UCF has a guy who's seven six. Taco Ball. How do you guard, how do you guard that? Taco? <laughs> Zaya. <laughs> I mean, but like. That's like the one guy who could really maybe like defend that really well. But uh, I have Duke and Michigan State in the final in the Elite Eight, and I'm gonna pick Michigan State to beat Duke. In the Elite Are Eight. you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just I like this. Like we've been talking about Michigan State and how there's this is a different team. He plays better. Izzo coaches better when he has a better not a lottery pick team, but a more cohesive unit where it's not relying on two or three guys and. I don't know. It's like so many people are high on Duke, and I don't know. I just don't see it, you know? And I think they're going to get to the Elite Eight. That's going to be their first actual test in the tournament, and you wonder how they're going to face when they face their first test. And I think Michigan State's going to edge them. It's going to be like a two- or three-point game, but it, uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm it's, sure I'm in the distinct minority in here, but that's just it's al- by a little. It's almost like the story's too perfect for Duke. Obviously, they got all these lottery picks. Zion's coming back. He's just uh, an, an insane talent. Obviously, we haven't seen anything like him. But it almost just seems too perfect. Uh, I guess if one person was going to do it, it would be Zion Williamson, who who's actually going to will this team to the national championship. Um, I could definitely see that. But, you know, you got to re- realize these, these players are still young. Um, you know, and, and they could come up against a team who, who plays really good, um, really good team basketball. And sometimes that over trumps talent. Um, so I guess it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of come down to, I don't think it's going to come down to Zion. I think Zion is going to get his, but they're going to need someone else, whether it's R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. They're going to need an X factor in, in, in at least one or two of these games to step up and really come up big. And, and uh, you know, are we going to see that? You never know. But um, you know, it's really hard to pick against Duke. It, it, it really is. Yeah, I mean, just, just with all that talent. I just know that Duke, they when they stepped on the court full strength, they lost one game and it's by a last second shot that didn't go in. Um, I just trust that when the lights are brightest, they're always going to perform and they're always going to be in the game. And they're being coached by Coach K. Let's not forget um, who's leading these young guys. So I just, I just believe 
that they haven't proved anyone wrong when, when the game's the biggest, they always show up. So it's the safe pick. I know it's the safe pick, and I understand why people don't pick them, but my gut's just telling me when, when, when they're full strength, can't nobody really beat them. Zion Williamson is in a category of his own. He's unlike anybody we've seen in college basketball, maybe ever. But is there anybody in recent memory that has taken over college basketball like Storm, like Zion has? Would it be Kemba Walker at UConn? Would it be Anthony Davis at Kentucky? Anybody that has been the phenom that's been celebrated as much as Zion has? I think he's in a class of his own. We haven't seen a guy this big, this strong, this fast come into the league or come into the NCAA. Um, what's so impressive is, is you know, he came from high school, obviously, and he legitimately just stepped on the court, and he was a man amongst boys almost as, you know, an 18-year-old kid. I mean, just the, the velocity that he plays, the way he can he can jump with his height or with his weight, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And one a thing that surprised me was Zion. You knew he can, you know, we all watch YouTube videos and things like this. The thing that surprised me is, is he, he can shoot the ball a little bit too. And, you know, he's been hitting threes and things like that, but I don't think you can – I, I can't think of anybody really that plays like him that has had an impact like like him. He's he's almost in that that classification of like a Kevin Durant who came in and obviously they play differently, but the effective games, the way they take over games. Michael Beasley at Kansas State is another guy that came into the NCAA and was just unstoppable basically. Um, but I can't think of anyone that kind of plays like him. Definitely play style. I don't I don't know if there is anybody that can can compare. I tell you what, uh, looking at the rest of this bracket you know you got a few more games down in Des Moines the Louisville Minnesota matchup is usually it's been a fun one obviously it's not Patino against Patino anymore but that's going to be a fun one you think uh, your Gophers have any shot this is probably the first time in years that I'm actually picking the Gophers Mm -hmm. like the thing I said last year is I never pick Minnesota because they always tend to fall short in the tournament but I just think they're hot. I mean, yeah, they lost to Michigan, but they upset Purdue. They're just there's a different feel about this Minnesota team that I've had than <clears throat> the first teams in the past. And I think they're uh, <clears throat> I think they can go maybe pull an upset there. And but I think they're going to hit their wall when they hit the Spartans. But it'll be a good win for them overall. Tell you what. Uh... I agree with what you all said about Michigan State and a lot of it about Duke, even though I'm still not picking them as national champs. It just seems too perfect for me to to want to buy into. I don't agree on LSU, however. I I I just see the, all the turmoil that these teams are in, and I, I saw the way they fell apart against Florida in the conference tournament, that I am picking Yale, a team that's traditionally capable of a big upset like they had a couple of years ago in the tournament. I am going to pick Yale uh, to beat LSU in the first round. That's, that's going to be my big upset from this regional. I mean, they're definitely going to have probably an advantage with the X's and O's, obviously smart kids, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just think LSU, I think talent-wise, is just going to kind of, going to kind of overpower power Yale. Um, you know, I don't really know a lot about this Yale team. They, I'm, I'm going to guess um, just off history, they play good team basketball. You know, they, they run their sets um, and things like that. They probably are, have some scrappy players, play solid defense. But I just think LSU, um, just athletic, athletically, is just going to overpower a, this Yale team. Yeah, yeah the, the Louisville-Minnesota matchup, um, I'm, I'm rolling with Louisville. Um, I believe Chris... I believe Chris Mack is a, a really great coach coming from Xavier over to Louisville. He's done a great job in his first year with them. I, I also believe they have a ton of talent, and they play defense, and they play hard. And that's a game that can get scrappy. I like that Minnesota got a upset in the Big Ten tournament. That shows me um, that they have upset potential, especially in this tournament. But... Just like in the past, Minnesota hasn't shown me that they can they can really make that next jump. So until they do, I got to rock with Louisville, which is setting up the Michigan State, which is going to be a, a tough game. It's going to be a hard-fought nose game, and it's going to be fun to watch. But Izzo's really good right now, so we got to be able to understand that. Oh, Joe Simon. Oh, hi, Joe. Um, <laughs> Joe Simon. Couldn't, I can't go with your Spartans in the Final Four, man. Duke all the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, before we get to the break, I said that 
Yale is going to be the team that I'm picking for an upset out of this regional. But the dark horse in this regional that I feel could actually make a run if they can get out of the first round is St. Louis. And I, I just don't know that they're going to beat a team like Virginia Tech, who's fundamentally sound. I like the way Ty Outlaw plays. But St. Louis is a team that's always there. They're the Atlantic 10 champions. They've got a good basketball team, and they've really been kept a secret on the national stage. I don't know what a Billiken is, but if they can win the first round, I think they're going to be a Sweet 16 team. You know, I was trying to do some research on that, and apparently it's a mythological creature mm. that they kind of made up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll have to double-check on that, but that's what I heard when I lived down in that area. Uh, I just don't like St. Louis's offense. That's just It's not great, whereas Virginia Tech's got a more consistent offense, and I guess if you're coming in, even if you're a conference champ and your offense isn't that great, I think you're going to stumble and you're going to just not be able to compete that well. And I think Virginia Tech has the capability to make a deep run. I actually have them going to the Sweet 16, but uh, I don't know. After that point, I'm not quite sure. We are at Super One Foods on US 41 in Marquette. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg, Jake Durant, and Terry Nash with you. The ESPN-UP Bracketology Special will take our last time out and finish this thing off next. You're listening to ESPN-UP. It has been quite the winter this year, and I don't know about you, but here at Fox Marquette, we are sick and tired of the snow. As fast as we clean it up, we get another storm and start all over. As a welcome to spring, our team wanted to compete against our counterparts in Nagani for the right to offer Fox Family pricing to our customers for the entire month of March. But then it dawned on us. Why not offer Fox Family pricing to all of our Fox customers at every Fox UP dealership? That way everyone wins. So that is what we are doing. Buy a newer used car during March and pay the same price we pay. We know you're tired of being cooped up inside, so as the weather is getting nicer, the snow is melting, it's a perfect time to come to Fox Marquette and test drive a new vehicle, like the all-new 2019 Subaru Outback during the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now at Fox Marquette. Fox Marquette, experience the difference with Fox Family Pricing for everyone, now through the end of March. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Hey, welcome back to Super One Foods on US 41 in Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Ryan Stieg, Terry Nash, and Jake Durant. We're enjoying some cake, enjoying some wings. Super One has been extremely kind to us, and we're grateful that uh, we get a host. Our Bracketology Selection Show here. So brackets are being filled out. Hopefully you at home are filling out some brackets with us here on ESPN-UP. Also, we're video streamed live on Facebook today. Uh, check us out at the ESPN-UP Facebook for live video. Tournament starts tomorrow with the four play-in games, and you can have your own opinions about that, whether these are just a way for the NCAA to money grab or, you know, making special memories for four extra teams, what have you. Uh, looking at some of these matchups, though, you'll have North Dakota State against North Carolina Central, uh, Prairie View and Farley Dickinson, Arizona State and St. John's, and then Temple against Belmont. Uh, who was it earlier that said they have Belmont making a run? Was that you, Terry? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I like I like the Belmont team right now. I like how they're coming into the tournament, and I just believe their path to the Sweet 16 is very possible um, after that first matchup. Um, I just I don't trust right now with the LSU situation going on that they can they can make it past Belmont. I think Belmont's a very disciplined team, very well-coached team. And I think um, sometimes things off the court can affect you on the court. So I'm, I'm pushing Belmont to the Sweet 16. I feel the same way, but for Temple. I feel, so I, I, I feel the same way, but the opposite. <laughs> but, no, I really think that Temple's a team with a run left in them. It's going to be the last ride for Coach Dumphy. And they're a team that I think could surprise a lot of people. They get by uh, that first-round matchup. And, of course, you've got Maryland after that. Who knows who's going to be on the other side of the bracket by then, whether LSU is still in there or if Yale can keep it going. Uh, how about some of these other play-in games? Uh, St. John's, who is a team that was right on the bubble against Arizona State, a team that had a big win in the Pac-12 tournament. That could be a really fun one to watch. 
was a toss-up game more for me. <clears throat> I went back and forth on it. I'm giving the edge to Arizona State just because I, I think they have a little better offense. But then I think they lose to Buffalo in the next game. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be like a, a one win, and that'll be it for Arizona State. In regard to Temple, I'm just – it was a toss-up game for me in Belmont. I'm just leaning it a little more. I like the whole it's their coach's last year, let's win it for him kind of a thing they got going on there. So uh, I think it, uh, it'll be a good day for Owls fans, and Rachel will be happy too. <laughs> I tell you what, the Prairie View Farley Dickinson State game was a total toss-up for me. I have no dog in the fight. I haven't watched either of them play all year. I don't know if any of you guys have takes on it, but if you got it, throw it out. Which one did you say? Fairly Dickinson State. I have or Prairie View. I have Purdue. I have Prairie View out of Texas, mm-hmm. uh, based on their speed, and that's about it. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's like I. The 16-16 matchups are just really... <laughs> they're tough scenes. Mm-hmm. But, no, I don't know. The most I know about Fairley Dickinson is that their mascot is one of those little... Looks like a chess piece. It's that kind of horse-looking <laughs> like a chess piece. Is that what you're something thinking? like that. It's something like that. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's something like that. I have no skin in that game. Uh, that's pretty much a coin flip for me. I am picking North Dakota State, though. I am picking them out I of the big too. sky to win and then get thrashed by Duke. What a what a what an honor that would be! Mm-hmm. Congrats. <laughs> Here's Zion. Here's that would be a roller coaster, you know, winning that play-in game and then probably getting destroyed by Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an experience uh, for that team, uh, you know, to be able to see yet an all-time high, then just get thrashed by Duke and just get kicked out of the tournament. Still would be a great experience, but well, that's what's going to happen. I can't remember which team in that matchup it is, but I guess one of their coaches said um, playing like. Referencing their team versus Duke would be like a high schooler versus NBA player. So <laughs> um, it would be very interesting if that coach ended up having to play Duke and has to answer those questions. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? A year ago, Zion was playing against high schoolers. That's not even fair. Call off the fight. Uh, I tell you what, here's my hot take that will go along with that. I'm going to piggyback off that last play-in game. North Dakota State wins. They get thrashed by Duke. Alex O'Connell leads them in scoring in that first-round game. Is that a hot take? Not a, they're they're going to call on RJ and Zion and Cam later in the tournament. They're going to save them a little bit, maybe play reduced minutes, and that's where O'Connell and those guys who've been there four years get their chance to shine. Zion will have 45 points, 13 <laughs> <Wow>. rebounds. <laughs> And then he will sit out well, in the second half. I, I, I think he'll have a great first half, too, and then Duke will be up by, like, 30 at one point. And then Zion will sit. and If he sits, <laughs> he'll drop about 35 points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I feel bad for North Dakota State because they're, get, they're hot at the right time, mm-hmm. and they're playing well. They won their conference tournament. But then they're going to just run into this gigantic wall, <laughs> and it's just going to throw the luster off their season it's like we made the tournament thing then got obliterated so it's just like it is an interesting point though you wonder what coach or coach k would do Mm -hmm. um you try to save his best players you know avoid injury um you know how long will he play how how long will you play Um, you obviously don't want to sit them and and you know kill momentum from any of these players but you also want to risk injury in a game that won't matter so it'd be interesting to see what's the over under that he manages him like Nick Saban did to a tug of Iloa. So Zion plays no minutes after halftime in the first two tournament games. What's the over-under on that? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. Say that question one more time. <laughs> what is the over-under on Zion not playing a minute after halftime in the first two tournament games? I think he'll play the full game in the second. Think second? so? Yeah. yeah. Who would they have in the second, UCLA either VCU or, or, or I, I got them playing UCF. I think UCF is actually a, a decent team. No? I think, um, you know, they got athletes. They got athletes in, in Taco, um, obviously the 7-7 center. That could also work against them, though, again, going up against a team that can can really push the pace and, and things like that. So it would be interesting to see. But um, I think you you talk about a huge jump when you talk about that first round of 64 game against that playing team and then VC, VC or UCF. I think, that, you know, they might play them pretty tough. I think Zion will have to play the whole game. Yeah, and like you said, you don't want to kill any momentum. So, I don't. It's go time now. Uh, I understand players can get hurt, but every game matters now. Um, we just seen Virginia lose in the first round. Finally, it's never happened before, but now it's happened. So you got to take every game seriously. I think Coach K is going to let the horses go. Obviously, if it's nine, eight minutes left, 
and you're up 40, it's time to sit them down. But I think they're going to go and play it as if they're playing one of the best teams in the country. Still working on my bracket, still trying to get things figured out as we approach the final minutes of the show. I want to go on and give out my top four, my final four. I believe it's going to be Duke, North Carolina. I have Michigan coming out of the West Regional. I think Michigan is going to find their way out of it. Beyond that, oh, hey, all right. Nebraska fan? Up here? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know they were up here. By the way, rumors state that Fred Hoiberg may be the new front runner to replace Coach Miles in Nebraska if he indeed is let go at the end of the season, which will be a fantastic hire if that does transpire. Look for Nebraska ball to continue to gain momentum. I don't have a champion in the South region, though. To me, this is the most up-for-grabs regional. It is for me, too. Because I just don't have faith in Virginia anymore to be able to make a run. I never thought Tennessee was that good. I was never on board with Tennessee. Uh, Even the three-seed, Purdue, just hasn't shown me that they can win the big one. They were one and done in the tournament. I don't think Kansas uh, will go far in it. I mean, Kansas is also really... How to shorthanded right now? Right. <laughs> so, Excuse me, Kansas State, but oh, Kansas State, but same thing. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin, they have a tough first round matchup, but if they get hot at the right time, there's no reason they couldn't beat Virginia. And if they do that, I don't know who would stop them. I think they're better than a lot of teams in this region. I'm just not high on Tennessee, and I'm not high on Virginia. I don't want to pick either of those two to win. Well, this is the region I feel like if Michigan State was the at least the two seed in, they would have been able to dominate easily. and make it to the Final Four easily, um, given Tennessee having to play uh, Duke in that Elite Eight. But um, I I have Tennessee going because I don't trust Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, that Wisconsin-Virginia game for me was a toss-up, but I believe that Virginia has a little better scores than Wisconsin does if it does get to there. And that's coming from a homer. It hurts me to say it, but I will have Wisconsin going out in that game. But Tennessee has shown they have two really great players coming out of the SEC at Admiral Schofield and um, Williams. And then their guard play, if they get hot, that's when the team is dangerous if their guards show up. So in basketball, it's, it's still a guard-oriented sport where if your guards can play great at the right moments, you can win big games. And I believe Tennessee is going to get hot. They lost a juggernaut of a game. I know it was really bad. But um, I, sometimes um, losing isn't always a bad thing. Maybe that rewoke them up to get focused and get ready for it. And I just got them um, making a push for the Final Four. I also got uh, Tennessee coming out of that region, and like you said, Schofield and Williams. Um, if they went up against Virginia, I, I think they would be the t- two best players on the court. Um, Virginia is just one of those teams. Obviously, they lost last year in that first round. Um, you know, their style of basketball doesn't translate well in, in this in this day of age. Um, obviously, if they get into a, a, a shootout, you know, I think they're going to be obviously at a disadvantage. Um, but I, I do like Tennessee, and like like Terry said, they did lose in the SEC championship game, but the way Auburn was playing in that game, I don't know if any team could have really beat them. I mean, they were just on fire from three. They were hitting shots. It never, it never, they never slowed down at all. So um, I, I think Tennessee will will face Virginia. I think it's inevitable, the one and two seed. Um, and I, like, I just can't trust Virginia. i got to go Tennessee. I tell you what, over in the West region, I said I would pick Michigan, and I still will. But if they get upset, then I'm going with Texas Tech. And I think if Michigan had to play Gonzaga, they were on the other side of the bracket from Texas Tech, I would pick Texas Tech to win that division, uh, win that regional. I don't think that you can expect to beat Michigan and then beat whoever you have in the regional final and try to get out of there. I know Texas Tech has been better this year. They're changing the culture down there. I still don't care. I don't care how well they do defend. Uh, trying to do that multiple nights in a row, two, maybe three games in a tournament like that, it would be tough for me to pick. But it's a toss-up for me right now in the West between Texas Tech and Michigan. I'm going to give the edge to the Wolverines. But for me, I don't have Gonzaga winning that regional. They're not even tough, too. I think Matthews is going to have to play uh 
really, really good basketball. He's going to have to be the best player on the court. I don't think he he's looked the same since uh, coming back from injury. But if if Michigan wants to make another run, I think Matthews is going to be key for them. Um, and yeah, you know, them against Gonzaga, that's going to be interesting to see. But um, me being a Wolverine fan, I gotta I gotta hope that Matthews is going to be uh, be that player. I gotta hope Brodzinkis is going to be be a, an X factor too. So hopefully that and, and Simpson obviously dishing the ball out and making plays. I guess for me, and when it comes to that region, I have Michigan going out of it too. Am I way off there by saying Syracuse is going to face Michigan in the Elite Eight? You wouldn't be way off. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't I, be shocked. I, I just love their zone defense, and it just again they're they're an eight seed. When Syracuse is maybe underrated is when they play better in the tournament. I see them beating Gonzaga. I think they'll get into the Sweet 16, and I think they can get past that. It's just, I think Michigan's talent-wise will eventually overcome that. But uh, it's, it's an interesting tournament overall. I think a lot of people have Duke and UNC, but the other two regionals are kind of like, you kind of don't know. So, Tell you what, guys, this has been a lot of fun. We're out of time. I appreciate you all being here. Super One Foods has been great to us, giving us the cake, the drinks, the wings, and taking really good care of us. It's a great time of the year. I can't wait to enjoy it and watch some basketball, fill out our brackets. Should yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. It's me. the best time of the year, man, March Madness. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, like Ryan said, a lot of parody in this year's tournament, and it's going to be interesting to see. That's it for us in the ESPN-UP Bracketology Special. We're back on tomorrow, Sports Pen at the regular time here on ESPN-UP.